Southern California weather can't beat this shit, goddammit. Oh, man. Look at that nigga. Live out here, too. Slide the motherfucking seat back. Just done left my book in the car. Whose fucking drink is this? Boy. Goddamn. She done moved from the Stanwell. I think. Alright, I'm ready. the day. All right, let's ride. My partner got an album out, my partner got an album out, my partner got an album out, my partner got an album out. Yes, my homeboy has an album out. Welcome to the No Playing This Ride podcast number 95. Yes, number 95. Last week my schedule was all jammed up, I was confused, I was bamboozled, I was bewildered, I didn't know what the hell was going on, I thought it was 94, 95, I didn't know. I made a mistake. I'm only human. I'm going to continue to make mistakes because, guess what, baby? I'm trash. I know I'm trash, and I'm not going to change no time soon because, quite frankly, I don't type, have that type of good luck or good fortune to be perfect. So here I'm is, here I'm is, here I will be, and there I was. I made a mistake, but I now know, remember, and double-checked, this is, in fact, number 95. Now, to what I was muttering about previously, my homeboy, Prince I King, has an album out. It's called Self-Perception. Personal opinion, yes, I'm biased in the motherfucker, but I really think the album is pretty good. Especially for a younger dude, 
first effort. This is a person who has tried his hand at this for a while, shut it down for a little bit to pursue other things, did a little bit of comedy. He's a naturally funny person, has always had presence, very quick-witted individual, but for some reason he decided to turn it back on and do the rap thing again. And he did it, and he put out an album. It's out just about everywhere. Um, my personal favorites are the intro. I believe it's called The Greatest right now. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, the first first song is called The Greatest. It's featuring an individual by the name of Baba. Now, I don't know who this cat is, this other guy is, but he sung his ass off on the song. Um, Akeem Boumaye is cool. Fast Lane's pretty good. Had My Money's Dope. It's real fun. It's a party's fun. United States of Discrimination. I like that one a lot. We, we grew up together. We're from the same city, so things he says in that song make sense to me. No brainer's good. Man, it's a good album. It's a it's a really good album. I'm actually really, really proud of bro. I'm really proud of bro because a lot of times people will will get into this thing, this uh, industry, the entertainment industry, whatever, and then want you to just throw support behind them. And where they like if it's me and my podcast is trash, I'm like, hey, listen to my podcast, motherfucker. You like, I would, but I listen to a couple on this trash. Okay, cool. I can accept that. Hey, I tried to get you on. You said you would try. You listen. You didn't like it. You move the fuck on. Or if this is your first time, you're listening. You don't like it. You move on. Cool. You gave it a shot. Can't do nothing. Can't do nothing about it. At least what I do is free. I ain't asking for you to buy nothing. Just need a little bit of your interweb times, a little bit of your your time on the internet, so your Wi-Fi. That's all I need, baby. That's it. But music is something different because you have to pay for that, or you're actually already paying for a service. So when somebody lets you know they have music coming out. It kind of irritates me if it's somewhere weird. Like, I understand if you got your own website, you're trying to do your own thing, or if it's on SoundCloud, that's cool. But I need to put it somewhere to where I'm sure you can get some revenue off of it. I'm not sure how much stream a stream is worth financially. So if you got somewhere where I can share continuously, I will do that for you. But at least have something noticeable, a decent um, link for me to put out to the people so that I can be like, hey, go to this website, I mean, to this streaming service, and bam, there it is. They ain't got to do shit. All they got to do is click. Apple Music is probably the best one because a lot of people have iPhones, but I I have iTunes, iPhone, all that, but musically, I prefer Tidal. That's where I usually have all my music at for the most part. Now, I'm probably going to go buy this shit too, but that's neither here nor there. If you're going to put some music out, make sure it's fucking quality in this mix. And one of the things I'm most impressed about for this album is it sounds professional. Like, the audio quality sounds professional. It don't sound like it's some shit that he just threw on SoundCloud just for people to listen to. Now he actually took some time and effort, promoted this shit a little bit. does a good bit of cross-promotion with different things he does, incorporating his family and all that. But I really like the way he went about doing it, and I like the sequencing. He came in... Stating his purpose, greatest boom, had some fun in the middle, told some stories, and then he ended the album nicely. I really just think it was well put together, personally. I'm surprised and impressed. Not because of his lyrical skill, but because of the way the album was put together. So I'm hoping somebody helped him with that, or I'm even more impressed if he did the shit on his own, because I like it. And that's really all I got to say about it. Prince Hakeem, self-perception. And speaking of something that sounds african I'm going to talk to you about a real African real quick. I'm, I feel like an idiot. 
I saw something on social media recently about Akon and what he's doing. Now, Akon been doing big dog shit for a long, long time, and is getting a lot of money people don't realize he's getting. People don't realize that some artists that blew up were signed to his label. Like, for example, T-Pain was signed to Akon. So when T-Pain when blew the fuck up, Akon got paid. And Akon, I believe he's a songwriter, producer, and all that shit, so he got a lot of money other than the shit he was just physically appearing on when you heard the song or when you saw the video. But he's also been doing big things in his home continent of Africa. And one of the things he was doing is what I just saw recently pop up in my feed is when he was trying to, he was putting together his uh, solar company so he can provide electricity to millions of people. And I felt like a jackass because it popped up in my feed again yesterday and I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna talk about this. Then I said, wait a minute, this feel like this is, I've seen this before. And sure enough, I went and looked it up and there's an article from like 2007 and he started trying to do this shit way back in 2014. But I felt like it was still worth a little bit of my time to devote a little bit of time to somebody who's trying to do something so big, something so huge. Because if you, if you really, really think about it, this man, not single-handedly, but he is out here trying to, to change the perception of Africa to the world. That's a big fight. That's a really big fight. Especially the black people. They have distanced us so much. It's like we look at each other like we're different when in fact we're really the same. We're really the same. For the most part. There's a, you know some DNA mixing here and there, but for the most part... We the same, you know? It'd just be like if you had a bunch of us that only, I guess if you had hundreds upon hundreds and upon hundreds of years of of uh, DNA in the region, I guess maybe, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess we would look certain ways too if we only stayed in certain pockets of population, but because our blood is so diluted, we don't really carry the same features that our brothers and sisters from the motherland do. But at our core, we are the same, just like most humans. But when you're from the same continent for real, you're really similar. Now, that makes obvious sense, but we don't treat each other that way. Africans may appear standoffish to us, and a lot of people from the states, niggas, I mean black people, like to talk shit and fuck with Africans because of the way we've been taught to look at them and perceive them. But the more you know, the more you grow, you see things differently. And at least for me, that's why doing my ancestry was so big because I got to thinking about, man, where am I from? I want to know, like, it'd be great to know what city, tribe, area, region I'm from specifically. Because what if I want to go back one day? It'd be phenomenal. Now, because of the nature of my job, I work with people from all over the goddamn world that have settled in the United States. And I just happened to meet a couple African brothers the other day, and I was talking to them at my new get, my new gig, my new job, whatever you want to call it. And I get hyped. I'm not going to lie. When I meet an African person, I get hyped because I'm curious. I've been taught to look at them a certain way for so long and to like to kind of shun them and look down upon them because of what I've seen on TV and the jokes that we've made and other people have made that we've accepted as true. I've accepted that shit for so long when I meet somebody from Africa. I just want to know the fucking truth. I just want to listen to them talk with that accent and figure out where they're from and what they did on a day-to-day -day basis. 
because all I have is fucking lies to go on. So I show him like, hey man, look, look at my little ancestry thing. It says I'm X Y Z percent from Senegal, Mali, Benin, Togo, Cameroon, Nigeria, Senegal, Burkina Faso, Botswana, Southern Bantu, whatever. Ghana, if I didn't say it already, Ivory Coast, all that. I like to show him, hey, check this shit out, man. We like, as a bridge in conversation, we are the same. But what happened to me recently was, I got challenged. This motherfucker looked at me, said, oh, okay, that's cool. When you going back? And I was like, shit. <laughs> I really don't know what to say to that. I was like, man, I would like to. But to be honest, I don't know where to go. This man looked me dead in my eyes and said, okay, when you ready to go, let's go. I'll take you. If you don't understand, you cannot understand as a black person trying to find some self-awareness about the origin of my people, how that made me feel. I had just met this man. I had seen him once or twice walking around at work. But this was like the first real conversation I had with this dude. He looked me dead in my face and said, when you ready to go, I'll, I'll take you. Let's go. Just like that. If you could understand how good it made me feel, to feel like I'm welcome somewhere. I'm a person that's been to multiple countries. And even though I love being from the States and doing what I do here, I know that kind of carries weight when you go overseas. A lot of positive weight. But there's some negative to that shit too. So when I would go overseas and stop into these different countries, it's like I'm always kind of cautious, like, damn, what is their perception of me? Do they not want me here? Because I know what gets put out as an image of, you know, the American, uh, you know, I know what that imagery is. And I know I don't fit that. Unless you're talking about sports or entertainment. So I'm always kind of cautious when I go places how people are going to feel about me being there. But the fact that this guy was like, yeah, come on. And it reminds me of a video I saw a long time ago when there was a woman from Ghana. And she was talking about, if things are bad, I don't know why you don't come home. Just come home. We want to meet you. It was the same kind of vibe. But to see it actually happen made me feel great. So one day I'm going to have to get my shit together. And take my black ass back home to Africa. I'm excited for that day. I don't know when it's going to be. Maybe 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 5 years, 1 year, a couple months. I don't know when it's going to happen. But when it does happen, I'm going to let somebody know. I don't know if I'm still going to be doing this podcast shit. Or if it's still going to be a thing. But I'm going to let somebody know because I'm going to be excited. That's just something I want to share with y'all. It made me happy. made me feel good. My partner got an album out. Prince Akeem made me think of coming to America, which is fucked up because then we get talking about Africa because of coming to America Bridge. But hey, we got there. Shout out to Akon for doing big, big shit because that's, that's really important to try to change the perception of an entire continent, not country. Continent, not country. Continent, not country. Because people tend to, to relegate it to a, the country that's over there that doesn't have anything, doesn't produce anything. And I've said it a bunch of times. We know that not to be true. So, I figured I'd let that out for you guys. And speaking of niggas in different countries and continents, I'm going to swerve now directly to some bullshit. ASAP Rocky. Now, hopefully, the young man, the rapper, has, has made himself more aware 
to things going on uh, in the, the political realm or just the real world outside of his money, fame, talent, and his access to other shit, which I'm glad he has all of that. He's, he's very talented. I just hope he's more aware. And I hope through his situation he learned and he becomes more aware. Maybe put, sprinkle some of that shit in music. Drop some knowledge right there every now and again. Throw a little bit out of that. But I'm just, I'm hoping that's what happens. And not, and I'm not even really talking about him, but apparently the lawyer who represented him got shot the fuck up in Stockholm, Sweden. Got shot in the head, got shot in the chest. He died. I don't know what it's tied to. I don't know if this man had any enemies. I don't know this man at all. All I know is the last person he was in contact with that had any type of controversy around him that I'm aware of was ASAP motherfucking Rocky. And now this man is dead because he defended a foreigner. Not because he, but after recently defending the foreigner in his home country. That's wild. I hope the two are not related. It'd be sad to me if they were related. That would be kind of fucked up. But I also know this person's a lawyer. He could have been, they say lawyers are pretty bad people. He could have been a piece of shit. Maybe he deserved it. I don't know. I'm not here to judge. Rest in peace to that man. Sad he got shot up like that. But I don't know the reason. There's always a reason behind certain shit. Who knows? I don't. But what's the reason? What's the reason for, um, for, contradicting yourself <laughs> what's the reason what's the reason for saying shit like people don't remember especially when you're a polarizing figure you don't you don't think when you do shit like that we don't think cause like somebody once said it's about 2012 long time ago somebody once said some shit that to me didn't make any sense. But I, I'll let you be the judge. So somebody said while at Barack Obama is slashing the military, he is also negotiating with our sworn enemy, the Taliban, who facilitated 9 11. Damn. That's crazy, right? Real crazy. Why would you? Knowing, knowing that you, you are who you are. Some people love you. Some people hate you. But anything you do is going to be brought back up. This motherfucker, the same person, about nine years, you know, some time later, said, unbeknownst to almost everyone, the major Taliban leaders, and separately, the president of Afghanistan were going to secretly meet with blank at Camp David on Sunday. They were coming to the United States tonight, unfortunately, in order to build false leverage. They admitted to an attack in Kabul. Mm. I'm going to stop it right there. So you did the exact same thing that you just, that you shit on somebody for a while ago. And it's just like, it's like growth, kind of. 
right? But you look at it, when you look at a person and what they do, it's like, how much of this is for show? Are you so lost or do you have such a lack of principle? Or are you such in the business of putting on the show that you forget your own words? And it will make sense because when you lie a lot and you just say shit a lot for attention, it will make sense if the words were hollow. You're just doing it for the reaction. And that's where I'm at with this individual. You just do it for the reaction because other than that, what are you? Are you really behind these policies? I don't think so. You're not talking about finances anymore because the Dow dropped. So what do you really do all day long? Other than being on vacation. That, that's my thing. What do you really fucking do all of? But you know what? Somebody's tired of that shit. Somebody from your team is tired of that shit. He said, fuck it. He didn't really say fuck it, but he basically said, hey, my name's Mark Sanford. I'm a former governor of South Carolina. And in the primary for the Republican seat, with Republican position, Republican Party, whatever you want to call it, I'm going to challenge the current president. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I think I'm like, whoa. You got to be a bad motherfucker. More than that, you got to be an honest person to realize that you could ride the wave of something that you don't believe in just because your team's winning. Or you could say, fuck that, we need to change. I'm still about the team, but we got to go in a different direction. Even though we win, and we win in the wrong way. This shit ain't right. I got to respect the fact that this person did this. Now, the person he's trying to compete with should be a, an easy target. This motherfucker shouldn't even have this job, but the person's there. So for this man to put his name out there, even if it's going to get squashed, get crushed, whatever, I respect the move. I will at least say that. I respect the move. I will at least say that. Now, in reference to some things that need to change, my Florida State Seminoles are now 1-1. One one. We didn't go 0-2 for the first time in umpteen years, but we are 1-1. One one. We won the game in overtime against an opponent from a Sun Belt Conference that should be nowhere near the, uh, the level of the ACC team in college football. And I ain't shitting on the Sun Belt because football is football, players are going to play. And I respect that. But the talent level of the coaching staff and the players is expected to be at a different level. Especially when you're down damn near 20 points, if not 20-some points in the first quarter, first half of the game. Now, my beloved Florida State Seminoles led the University of Louisiana Monroe Warhawks back into the game to the point where they had to go in overtime. And the wild thing is in overtime, the Warhawks looked better than them then. Now, we got the ball first, and we went down the field and we scored. Took us a little bit, but we got down there and got in the end zone. In less than half the time than we had in overtime, ULM went down there and scored. And they only lost the game because their kicker missed a field goal. Probably the biggest kick of that young man's life, and he missed it. And Florida State ended up winning the game. 
Now, while I'm always going to be glad for my team's success, I can honestly say we did not deserve to win that football game. Not at all. We don't even deserve our running back, Cam Akers, who carried us the whole fucking game. Our defense is trash. Our offense is so simple, it's ridiculous. You can't keep running that man to the ground like that. You're going to hurt him. Our quarterback, who everybody loves, who, who knows what to say when the camera's on, that's cool. I need the brother to, to execute. He has a cannon. But I'm not beyond wanting to see what the other guy can do for us. That guy was at a big school for a reason. Hey, give him a shot running the offense. After what you seen last week, just give it some thought in practice when you go to practice. Give it some real thought because last week looked sloppy. This week looked sloppy. And something's got to change. If you ask me, I'm like, hey, you can start looking at another coach. Well, I want to see a black coach succeed, especially at the team that I like. It ain't, hey, you had your time. And me, I'm usually on the patient side. Hey, give it some time to work. Give it this shit, this, the complete lack of awareness of the people on defense, the offense being fucked up. I'm at the point where I'm like, hey, I want you to do good. I wish you well. But that type of play, that shit ain't, they don't cut it at Florida State. It doesn't. It don't cut it. I'm seeing a lot of body language I saw last year where the players look disinterested. They don't believe in the plays being called. They ain't bought in yet. And I want to be wrong, but I want the coaching staff fucking gone. I want them all out of there sooner than later. Let somebody get in there and build this Florida State team up to the way it's supposed to be. This, this conference, that all, all that gimmicky bullshit that worked in those other conferences, that don't work here. All that trying to outspeed everybody, that don't, that don't really work that well. These motherfuckers are fast, too. We still got to play Miami, Clemson, Florida. I don't even know if we play Virginia Tech this year. I didn't want to look at the damn schedule. But we still got to play Miami, Clemson, and Florida. And the performance we've showed this year, we are going to get the dog shit kicked out of us. I don't give a fuck about Miami being 0-2. I don't give a fuck about what Florida got going on. And I don't give a fuck about Clemson being great. We look terrible. Terrible, terrible bell fucking terrible and while I'm root, I was rooting for you if I want to be wrong I don't want to say at the end of the season he got to go I feel like right now with what I'm seeing on the sideline bro got to go but please prove me wrong I want to be proven wrong but I feel like right now you got to go this is not up to the Florida State standard sorry not sorry this is not up to the standard of the Florida State football because the, the longer we let this shit go on, the more it's going to hurt our recruiting and people are going to continue to go to Clemson, Miami, and Florida, and Florida Atlantic, and UCF, and USF. I don't want that. I want people to want to go to Florida State. I want it to be the destination school it was. So we got to get bro out there to get that shit going. Get bro the fuck out of there. I'm just saying. And take that bum-ass offense with you. But, hey, I want to be made wrong. I just want the team to win, baby, whatever we got to do. But that shit is, that shit is trash. Unacceptable football. Fucked up my whole weekend.
on the flip side of that, some shit that kind of made me smile this weekend is football-related. Antonio Brown, more antics. I was looking at this dude like, what the hell are you doing? It's a helmet, bro. Get your shit together. Get, old, get it over with. Wear the helmet. Stop making yourself like the typical black athlete jackass that people like to paint. Talented guy's ass. But aha, this man is smart. He went from being on one of the, I say, worst franchises in the last 20 years. Being honest. The Raiders have been up, mostly down, mostly down. They had their chance when they were about to go to the Super Bowl. They didn't happen. They fell off good, but up and down. Unsteady franchise for the past few years, right? He went from being there, the, one of the best receivers in the league, to being on that team, to now being a New England Patriot with a one-year $15 million contract, $15 million, to play with probably the greatest NFL franchise ever, if we just keep it in the book. In the last 20 years, definitely. With probably the best quarterback of all time to play. Or the best quarterback in this era. That's tip top. That's above Peyton Manning. That's above Drew Brees. That's above everybody. Tip top. If you look at stats, if you look at rings, if you look at longevity, every box is checked for Tom Brady, whether you like him or not. It is what it is. He went from the situation in Oakland to that New England. And you go to New England, you already know, hey, hey <laughs> all that all of antics is bullshit, that's out the window. We a motherfucking team in here. If you don't fit, we will get rid of you. Simple and plain. Nobody's inexpendable, except maybe except Tom. So I think he played the system and he got out of there, man. He, like, I was ready to clown him, but shit, he, he did what he had to do, finessed his way up out of that situation, and now look, looks a whole lot greener for him. And I'm just mad that he can't play this week. I wish he could have played against Pittsburgh. That would have been extra spicy. But who knows, maybe they'll meet down the road in the playoffs. That'll be a good playoff game, Pittsburgh and New England. Um, that, that'll be hype. That will be very good. I'd like to see that. Now, other than spending my time with my family, I'm going to get to you about the highlight of my week. And it's fucked up, kind of, because the highlight of my week apparently made a lot of people mad. <laughs> and there was a little block of time I spent watching do Dave Spell special, Sticks and Stones. All I heard about this before I looked at it was that the LGBTQ community was up in the uproar about this. I am not gay. So I don't know how they feel about things being said. But when I tell you I laughed from the beginning to the end of that motherfucker, it was like I laughed from the beginning to the end. And I'm usually like a person that gives you like that low, <laughs> not the really the, the kawa laugh. I used to give like a low laugh. But, you know, I was actually like fucking laughing the whole damn time. This stand-up was an instant classic um, for those who got offended. Like I said, I don't fit into those categories, so I didn't really perceive it as bad. But, you know, it depends on perspective, what you got going on, what, you, what your background is and all that shit. So, hey, my bad. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoyed it. Sorry. If you didn't, don't watch it again. 
that's all I can tell you. But it's it's funny. And one of the reasons why I don't feel bad about liking it at all really is because he made a good point. When he when he had his his sketch and he went to I forgot what I think he said the woman's name was Rachel, but he went to talk to the lady about um, something he had in his uh, in his sketch, and they're like, "Hey, you can't use the f word pertaining to gay people." I don't say it because it's just I don't know. I'm uncomfortable with saying it because of relationships I had with people, and just because I just I feel like I'm too old for that shit, so I don't say it, right? So he goes to the meeting. Lady basically tells him, "Hey, you can't use that word." He's like, "All right, fuck it." Moves on. Before he leaves, he's like, wait a minute. I can say nigga much as I want, but I can't say that. So this this is my thing. If everything's all good with people, nigga this, nigga that, this, that, and the third. White people this, white people that, this, that, and the third. When it's your turn, man, it's your turn. Sorry. It's a comedy show. If you was being malicious, I would uh, I would feel different. If he wasn't a person that had gay people on his platform, gay comedians on his platform multiple times, uh, when he had Chappelle show going, I would feel different if he had the track record. If like this was like whoever owns Chick-fil-A came out and said that shit, I'd be like, ooh, this this is this is a big fucking deal. But that's not the case. It's a comedian, it's Dave Chappelle. Um, yeah, I, that's just me. But hey, he's my GOAT favorite comedian of all time, so I may be biased. Sue me, you ain't gotta listen to my podcast no way. And it's corny, I think it's kind of corny when people gotta qualify that, hey man, it's, it's not like that, I have relationships with X, Y type. I'm not gonna do all that. I know the people that know me know who I fuck with and what my thoughts and beliefs are about shit like that. So for for motherfucker from the outside don't like it, hey, it is what it is, man. But if you ain't sensitive, you like to laugh, go watch Sticks and Stones. Shit's fucking hilarious. You will laugh a lot. And that's the jewel I'm going to leave y'all with, man. I'm going ahead and shut this down. Y'all know my schedule has been crazy. If you've been listening for a long time, but if not, hey, man, stick around. Stick around. I like to think I do semi-halfway decent uh, borderline work here. So stick around, enjoy the podcast. You can always shoot me some emails on some pointers. So you can hit me up at noplaythisride at gmail.com. You can hit me on Twitter. That's uh, noplay247 on Twitter. That's capital N, lowercase O, capital P-L-A-Y, 247 on Twitter. I feel like I haven't said it in a long time. I'm also on um, Instagram, JD the Dopeness 904 on Instagram. There's a Facebook page for No Planets Ride Podcast. But, yeah, uh, hit me up, man, if you feel the need to say something about something I said on here. Or if you just like it, follow me on Twitter. Say goofy shit to me. I'll say goofy shit to you back. You'd be the first, though, because nobody else does other than my homies. One time for the homies. Um, But, yeah, man, that's it. Go out there and change the world. And, dear God, somebody help my Florida State Seminole football team. Fucking Nick Foles. Jacksonville Jaguars, QB got hurt. The fucking Packers beat the Bears. Fuck! (laughs) Man. The Yankees did beat the Red Sox, though. So those are my highlights other than my time with my family and Dave Chappelle. A couple, you know, Red Sox lost. Dave Chappelle was great. 
That's all I got, man. Y'all be good out there, man. Change the world. Learn something tomorrow you didn't learn today, man. Just be a better person. Let's make uh, being decent cool again or whatever the fuck. All right, I'm out. Peace.